word this morning and um, we should come uh, always ready to expect to receive something that maybe you haven't heard before. Maybe, you know, uh, the Lord brings it to your attention. Uh, we joke so often, we say that so much of what we receive in church is not so much taught, but caught, you know. We catch it and we catch um, what God's saying and doing sometimes in not necessarily through the lines of what's said from the pulpit, but so often from what his spirit is saying and how it, you know, uh, reverberates in our hearts. Amen. And, uh, and, and God brings revelation to us in just that way. So why don't we just pray one more time and uh, then we'll come around the word. Father, we again thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you for uh, the truths that are contained in your word, Lord God, today. Lord, we open our hearts to receive from you today. Lord, we, we look to receive from you today and by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would bring revelation and truth, fresh truth to our hearts today, Lord God, that we can run with, Lord, that we can uh, walk and talk with you about, Lord, and, uh, and Lord, live in the victory that you said comes through faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. And Lord, we thank you for that victory. We thank you for the faith that comes today through your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, who's glad that they've been set free this morning? You know, um, what, what, what we are seeing is, is that when we are first saved, <clears throat> there is a liberty that we experience that is a result of being set free from sin and alienation from God. I felt that freedom. I felt that something changed when I got saved. I knew something was different the next day. Something was different. I'd never had that difference before in my life, and I knew it. And all I'd done was receive Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. And asked the Lord to come into my life. And I knew that next day that I was set free and I was free on the inside. And, uh, and of course I now, where there had been an alienation from God, now that was all over. You know, we mustn't forget, don't forget your testimony. You know, all of us have a testimony of how God came into our lives and, and we love hearing from testimony. In fact, we're, we're looking for one particular testimony this morning from, for someone who uh, shared something with us last week. But, but, you know, how many know it doesn't stop there, does it? You know, that first testimony, his, his work of sanctification and holiness goes on in our lives. And we've been sort of touching in on that a little bit through the, through the service already today. It goes on in our lives. And, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, we're saved and we're made whole, and yet we're also being saved, being made whole as we go on in our Christian lives. We're going to touch in on that a little bit and try and get, uh, I guess you say, a greater understanding of that. What is a spiritual truth? Any existing sin, bondage or weight is just overdue for a victory in Christ. Amen. Amen. Any existing sin, bondage or weight is just overdue for victory in Christ. Victory over that. Victory over that uh, bondage or weight. God's call to us is free from serving sin. You know, that God, you know God's call for us is to be free from serving sin and to serve righteousness. And, and Paul gives uh, thanks, the Apostle Paul gives thanks to God for those that are set free. Amen. And we'll see that in uh, Romans chapter 6 and verse 17, where we left off last week. Verse 18, it says, But thanks be to God that though you were once slaves to sin, we could say servants to sin, once you were slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were committed. You have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. And, uh, you know, that's one that we need to get a hold of is that reality. Last week we saw that in being free from serving sin, 
one area we've been set free from is law keeping and we looked at that we we gave that that some attention some of you who maybe weren't here last week need to go back to part four you can download it from the website downloads onto your phone have another little listen to part four you know we saw that our ongoing freedom from law keeping was established in the first church council of jerusalem in acts chapter 15 and of course the topic of justification is not a new truth the early church grappled with it as well and of course they came to uh, after much deliberation decided that you know god's people were saved by grace through faith and they made a very very clear uh, distinction in their teaching after that and laid no other burden on uh, on the uh, early believing gentiles than to uh, abstain from idolatry and adultery to stay away from those those two things was what they said. They could have given them a whole bunch of, you know, congregational rules. You've got to do this and you've got to wear a suit and your tie and you've got to come to church, you know, in your good, you know, your good clothes and make sure you've got to, you know, you've got this and got that. None of that was given. And, um, and we see. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 7. And I like, uh, you know, um, Hebrews. The, the law is described here by the author of Hebrews. Uh, w- course we don't know who the author of hebrews is but we do know that he was a tea drinker because because hebrews amen (laughs) hebrews chapter 7 and in verse 18 so the former commandment is set aside because it was weak and useless not my words it's what what the bible says talking about the former commandment that was set aside because it was weak and useless for the law the law made nothing perfect can you see that the law made nothing perfect and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to god i love that part as well a better a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to god and this hope is now again how we continually draw near to god and, uh, you know, uh, by grace through faith is, 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 of course, the topic. It's a hope by which we, we do become perfect. And I make that clear. It's a hope by which we do become perfect. All right? Grace is God's unmerited favor. You didn't earn it. It's a gift. You didn't have to work for it. It was given to you as a gift. It's the gift of righteousness, which is what? The gift of right standing with God. Amen. Sometimes we need to hear this a few times for, for the penny to drop and to drop down and, and for us to realise what's being, what's being taught in the New Testament. John said the same when he declared in John 1.7, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. The law taught us that we needed a saviour. That's what the law taught us. It taught us that we weren't good enough without a saviour. Amen. That's a great truth to just get a hold of and hang on to. You see, the law was like a schoolmaster that brought us to Christ. Because, you know, we're in him, not in us. We're in him, not in us. Okay. But we do become good enough. The new born-again spirit is a part of us that's justified. The born-again spirit is a part of us that becomes perfect. Amen. Get a hold of that. The born-again spirit is a part of us that becomes perfect, justified. Someone said, justified, never sinned. 
Amen. Just if, if I'd never sinned. That's the, that, that, that um, condition of the born-again spirit. Let's just read Hebrews 7, um, uh, 18 to 19 from the Amplified Version. It says there, For on one hand, a former commandment is cancelled because of its weakness and uselessness. And in brackets it says there, because of its inability to justify the sinner before God. For the law never made anything perfect. While on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we now continually draw near to God. Draw near to God with what we've got. Amen. What a blessing. What a privilege to draw near to God with what we already have in Christ. Not what we're one day going to earn and somehow, you know, uh, you know attain to. Do it now because you already have it. Amen. Stop waiting to draw near to God. Christians aren't perfect. They're just forgiven. Who's heard of that? It's a nice saying. has a good ring to it. Christians aren't perfect, they're just forgiven. You know, it, 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 it's kind of a nice saying, and, and it can also be a cop-out, can also be a cop-out for any ongoing growth in sanctification. Well, I'm just not perfect. Well, we can tell, <laughs> you know. You know, it, you know, we know that in ourselves, you know, in our, in our own outward lifestyle, sometimes we make mistakes. I, I've made, what's it, September? No, August. I think I've made at least two mistakes this year already, and um, and those that know me will laugh. Um, actually, the Bible says something else, and we need to pay attention. I like it in Hebrews ten and verse fourteen. It says, "Therefore, by one offering, he has perfected forever." Say forever. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Hmm. Is there anyone that's here that's being sanctified? One hand, great. That's a good start, but we need to... Uh, if, if we're Christians and we're going on for Jesus, we're all being sanctified. And for those people that are being sanctified, look what it says. It says, for by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So if you're being sanctified, you've already been perfected. Where did I get perfected? I've already just said I've made a couple of mistakes this year. Where did I get perfected? Yeah, when I died with him. Amen. When I became a new person in Christ. And guess what? It wasn't just me. It was you too. You got perfected as well. In your born again spirit, you got perfected. Sometimes we we walk in this, I'm not worthy you know, I'm not good, I'm not, you know, and we've got this downward play on the perfect work that Jesus did in our born-again spirits and made us perfect. And we need to get a hold of that. We need to realise. For by one offering he has perfected, brought to completion forever those who are being sanctified. Is Here's a question. Does Jesus have to do anything more for you to be the best you're going to be. No. He's already done it. He's already done it. And not only that, but our born-again spirit, and sometimes uh, uh, this is a message for people to get a little bit more aware of who they really are in Christ. Let's just do a little Q&A here.
Oh, actually, I'll read from the Amplified version. Oh, it's already up there. For by one offering, oh, sorry, bouncing around here. Look what it says in the Amplified. For by one offering, he has perfected forever and completely cleansed those who are being sanctified, bringing each believer to spiritual completion and maturity. And I talk about that the highest calling for every believer is to be mature sons and daughters of God. I'm talking about, you know, you're a son and a daughter of God when you're first born again. We know that. You're already kids of his. But the call is to keep growing on in sanctification. Keep growing on in holiness. Keep going on in that maturity that he's called us all to. So let's just do this little Q&A and, um, and consider what, what, uh, where we stand and, of course, where we need to go. As a Christian who is in Christ, if you are a born-again believer, that's you, okay, if you're, you're here and you're saved, have you been made perfect forever? Yes. Here's the next question, which will, this will really stump you. Are you also being perfected? Yes. So you can be both. We've already you know, reached the best we're ever going to be in Christ because of our born-again spirit, but we're also going on. In our perfection, there's a work of sanctification going on. Are you holy? Yes. Are you being made holy? Yes. See, we've all got the same experience. Are you being made holy? Yes. Are you... Here's a a real good one too. Are you saved? Yes. Are you being saved? Yes. There's a work of salvation still going on in our lives. Uh, The word salvation, this Greek word sozo, uh, <clears throat> the Greek word so-so, it means to be made every bit whole. Every bit whole. So we're, we're, we're actually being saved as well. We're being made every bit whole. I say it keeps getting better, talking about the Christian life. It keeps getting better. Don't, don't stop now because it keeps getting better and not only the best is yet to come. Amen. Heaven is better than this. Don't be concerned about going to heaven. I'm going to talk about a little bit about going to heaven in a minute. But the new birth is a complete and finished work by God. The task for the Christian believer is for that complete and finished work in our born-again spirit to be the controlling influence in our daily lives. Can you say amen? amen? To be the controlling influence. that We're living out of that place. And it's a great place to live out of. Is that just waking up in the morning knowing that you're a new creature in Christ, you know, that you're not less. In fact, God's done the best work in you, his work in Jesus Christ. And it's a process as well, the process of becoming those mature sons and daughters. Question, if I'm a believer in the process of maturing, what happens if I suddenly die? So here is a scenario. Walking along Cable Beach in the middle of, Let's say November, not a tourist in sight. Okay, about November, not a tourist in sight. <laughs> and, and I get hit by a piece of space junk, which is that's what that represents. That's uh, a satellite picture or, or a, a picture of all the satellite junk there. But let's just say I'm walking along Cable Beach and I get hit by a piece of space junk, no burial needed. I'm, <laughs> I'm already buried, okay? <laughs> but you know there's this piece of, and, it, and it just chooses me as a landing spot and here's the question for us all to answer do I get to go to heaven 
I do get to get, of course I do, as you would as well. The Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We go, zip zap, and we're there. You don't even get time to think, I just got hit by a piece of space junk. There's, you know, it's zip zap and you are gone. You see, we've been saved by grace through faith and our believing in Jesus Christ gained for us unmerited favour. God's favour on us is now not because we kept the law or we've been real good lately. Okay? It's because we believed on Jesus Christ. Now, I did that in 1983, April the 1st, 1983. I believed on Jesus for the first time, believed in my heart, confessed with my mouth, and I received Jesus. And I've never been more saved than what I was then. I haven't had to get saved again and again. Each time I made a mistake, I need to get saved again. I was already saved. I was already born again. I haven't had to be born again and again and again each time I make a mistake. I was saved as I was ever going to be saved right then. And so were you. Maybe not the same date, but you've got your own birthday. All right? So celebrate, hallelujah. Celebrate your birthday in Christ. You see... With this truth in place now, just settled, let's understand Paul's letter to the Romans. And I just want to continue in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 to 3. It says, therefore, this is now how we can read Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. If we are free from the law of sin and death, our best efforts should now be placed into learning how to walk by faith. Amen? Walk in the spirit. You know, that our best efforts should be employed right there. We should be in church, you know, to come, worship the Lord, you know, acknowledge the, acknowledge the, um, uh, uh, the communion, the bread and the cup, and remind and uh, stir one another up to love and good works. But we should come again and again and again, wanting to learn more about walking in the Spirit. You know, walking this lifestyle out. And of course, thankfully, the Scriptures are not quiet on what that means to walk in the spirit to walk in the spirit means to approach life from our born again spirit from that new person we are in christ not relating to the old but relating to the new amen it means being preoccupied with ongoing communion with the holy spirit i i don't know about anyone else but my my i guess you say my christian life really took off not when I realized that I was new on the inside, but when I realized that the Holy Spirit was communing with me on the inside. You know, that God had actually come and indwelt me by the Spirit. And that I could hear his voice. I could know and 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 know his voice, hear his voice, and not be led by his spirit with little prompts and unctions that I can only say, you know, when it's him, when he's prompting you. It's a beautiful way to live. And um, I wouldn't now wouldn't want to live any other way you know being preoccupied with the ongoing communion with the holy spirit is is a life of prayerfulness it's a life of of uh uh 
prayer without ceasing. That's the best way to describe it. Just pray without ceasing. Just always connected, connecting in your heart to God, listening in for his voice, listening to see what he's saying. His viewpoint is so much better than any other viewpoint that you might read in the paper, you know, or a column or a newspaper column. So much better. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Look what it says there. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. It keeps getting better and the best is yet to come. Amen. We're not left guessing what our first steps are in living from the spirit. You stop sowing to the flesh. If we're going to live in the spirit, the best thing to do is to stop sowing to the flesh. If you're sowing to the flesh in any area of your life, just stop it. And decide that I'm not going to start walking in the spirit. I'm going to start living in the spirit. Stop sowing to the flesh. It gets you nowhere. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 to 8. It says, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed uh, can be. So then, those that are in the flesh cannot please God. Who wants to be pleasing to God? There's a few hands going, you know, you get to a point where that's what you want to do. And what it'll do, it'll get you out of the flesh. When you start saying, I just want to be pleasing to God, it'll get you out of the flesh and, and, and sin and weights and burdens and those things that hold you back. It'll get you out of there because you've got such a heart to please God and you're giving yourself to it entirely. Who remembers their first day at school? Grade one. Can you remember, can you remember detail? Are you FC, you remember detail from grade one? It was a big day going to school. I hadn't been to, we didn't have early childcare learning back in those days. I was with mum until I was ready to go to school, you know. And I think mum was ready for me to go to school too. I think it's the best way to put it. She was ready. In grade one, I remember my grade one teacher, and it was the first part of the class when everybody had come into the classroom, we're all settled and we're all settling down. It was pretty noisy because we hadn't been to school before. So we're, yeah, you know, we're all sort of very quiet. I know the teacher uh, um, was trying to get the, you know, the classroom to settle. And, you know, it's just that moment when the classroom, is, the noise was starting to settle. Everybody, okay, children, children, you know, and she was trying to get everybody. And just at that moment, I thought we were still having chaos. And I reached over to the kid that was sitting next to me, who happened to be the kid that lived behind me, so I kind of knew him. And I, there was a commercial on at the time called Brill Cream. It was a Brill Cream commercial, and it was like on the commercial on television, you rubbed the hand, you know, you rubbed your hand across their hair and we can go, mmm, brill cream. Guess what I did? <laughs> just as the whole classroom was just quietening down, I went, and I went, brill cream. <laughs> and guess who the teacher decided to make an example of? My first day at school. And I don't know what it was, it was trend, whether it was, you know, taught in teaching school uh, in, um, in um, uh, teacher school, I don't know, whatever it was but over near the doorway there was a bin and she, she pointed me out and said, you stand up, come here and so I was mortified that I had been picked out and singled out for some treatment 
first day of school go and stand in that bin you know for me there would have been no memory of it except that that day my my brother who was already at school they were already off on some type of excursion so there I am standing near the open door in the bin with my face against the corner and my brother walks by (laughs) and I'm sort of looking at him and of course I'm crying and I'm upset about it and I tell you it wasn't very very good but you know the truth was I wanted to be pleasing to the teacher but I made a mistake you know how many of you know what I'm talking about I wanted to be pleasing and I was kind of being a bit of bit funny with the kid next to me brill cream and and all that but uh, you know being dis, displeasing um you know <laughs> to to my teacher that 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 hasn't stayed with me for the rest of my life because I let that go, you know. But my family every now and then remind me of my first day at school where you had to go and stand in the bin. Remember that, Pete? You know, and they they always remember. And, of course, not that your family is your enemy, but the enemy will try and, you know, remind you of your past. And one of the things that we have to do is we have to get up and get over that. I know I never did spend the rest of my days at school standing in the bin, but there was a memory of it, and it was a, you know, it was a bit of a scar too, you know. Because I was made an example of and made me feel like a bad kid. But I really did want to please the teacher. Don't be like that with God, you know. Be pleasing to him. Recognise if you've made a mistake, get over it quickly. Ask for forgiveness. Let him wash you of that because he wants to. And here's the takeaway. You know, because <laughs> I will get this. I wasn't banished from school because I had a bad first day. And it's the same in our Christianity. We're not banished from heaven because we have a bad day and make sure you treat other believers the same way if god's forgiven them so should you amen if i'm kind carnally minded it's a dead end road but if i'm spiritually minded it leads to life and peace now these are some great verses in ephesians chapter 2 and i just want to finish with these today and, um, and get you reading them with me, okay? So uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we also, underline that word once, conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So Paul speaks of the lusts and the desires of the flesh as being how we once conducted ourselves. Again, making that connection between the carnal mind and the desires of the flesh. Watch that carnal mind. It'll lead you down the wrong track. Watch your thinking. I heard someone who watched one of my friends, old friends, saying the other day uh, in a Facebook, the battle mind is in the mind. The, the, the battlefield is in the mind. You know, you have to really recognise that. Because we choose from there. We make decisions from that place of our mind. We have to get rid of stinking thinking and limited thinking. And again, you know, makes that uh, connection there between the desires of the flesh and the carnal mind. But look what happens when we come to Jesus. Look what it says. Read with me. Ephesians 2 and verse 4 to 7. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love 
with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespass, made us alive together with Christ. Love this part. By grace you have been saved. And raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and in his goodness, in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The state of carnal mindedness then, we must understand, is an activity of the flesh. So let's just finish unpacking this passage, which is so important for us to, because we've come to this place now, read Ephesians 2.8. Many of us know this scripture. Look what it says. For by grace you have been saved through faith. All right? By grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are his workmanship. God does a work in us, recreating us for good works. Amen. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What a, what, a, what a passage of scripture to rejoice about. We're saved. What are we saved by? Grace. What through? Faith. By our believing. By our believing in our heart, confessing in our mouth. We all, at one stage, made that confession with our heart. You know, and, and confession with our mouth. We believed in the heart. We confessed with our mouths. And when we did, God saw it and he said, that's a born again spirit. And he did a work on the inside of us. And we're to live out of that new spirit, that born again spirit that's untouched by uh, sin. Amen? That we're, we're to live out of that. And the old man, that old flesh man, we're to keep... Let it, you know, keep him dead. You know, someone said, keep him dead and buried, six foot down, face first, so he can't dig himself out. Don't let that old man become the dominant you. Let the new man be the dominant you. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Amen. Letting Christ, you know, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit be the dominant us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's, um, why don't we uh, ask the worship team to come on up and, and I'm just going to get you all to stand and we're going to pray and uh, ask the Lord a blessing on this message and that hearts would uh, 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 walk out of here fresh with truth that we can put into practice. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for your word, Lord God, and that's its position in our heart, Lord God, the, 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 the place, Lord God, that we give it, Father God, in our, in our lives is so important, Father God. So important to us and also to you, Lord God. So we ask, Lord God, that the truths of this word today, Father God, would, would just, um, uh, Lord, continue to stir up, Lord God, that commitment and that purpose and even our own fresh decision today, fresh commitment today, Lord God, to walk anew with you, to walk in new life, to walk, Father God, in a manner that's pleasing to you, Father God. Lord, we thank you that we've been saved by grace through faith and that it's not anything of ourselves, it's a gift from you, Lord. And we thank you for the gift of righteousness by which we stand, Lord God, without the sin, sense of sin, guilt and inferiority, Lord God, that we can walk in newness of life every day, Father. 
And Lord, not be held up by every sin and weight and burden, Lord, that can so easily slow us up, Father. So we ask your blessing today, Lord God. We ask your blessing upon every single person. Father, as we uh, dismiss today, as we go our separate ways, go back into our homes and families, Lord, our heart's desire is we would carry something of you, Lord God. Lord, that we would, would be those ones that carry open heaven. Lord, that we would be those ones that have something of your transforma- transforming ability in our lives. Or that it would, would um, those living waters stirring up out of our lives and touching the lives of others, Father. Lord, we pray all these things today in the precious name of Jesus. And you know, just as we, just as we um, close today, I'm just going to make an invitation. We've prayed, or I should say, we've, we've looked at scriptures regarding the new life that's in Christ. There may be someone here who you could honestly say that they've never prayed a prayer of salvation. They've never prayed believing in their heart and confessing with their mouth. And, and I'd just like to make an invitation to those people, if you are here, if there is anyone in that situation, love to pray with you. Love to see you come down the front after the service. You don't have to come when everyone's looking, but come down and say, I need to pray that prayer of salvation. I need to make a new start in my life. And this is the new start. I look forward to being able to pray with you.